0: Welcome to the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Amy DeLashman. On today's episode, we're joined by Dr. Deanie Thomas, Director of Special Education at the Ames Community School District. We're going to have an amazing conversation about the new Ames Center. What will be housed in this new space, how the needs of students directly informs the programming there, and when it will fully open. Well hello Deanie, thanks for joining me on the Amazing Education Podcast. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for being here. I'm very excited to talk about the new AIMS Center which stands for the AIMS Multipurpose Educational Services Center. Yes, so to start, though, for our listeners that don't know Deanie Thomas, tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming the director of special education here in the district.
1: Sure. So um, I actually student taught in the district in two thousand. <laughs> um, just like, and uh, you know, a couple just, years just ago. A minute ago. <laughs> and um, then I, in two thousand two, accepted my first teaching position. Um, like full-time teaching position Mm -hmm. here in Ames at the middle school as a special education teacher. And I've been in the district ever since. I came to district office in 2019 as a special education coordinator and then became the director a few years ago. And here you are. Here we are. So people might be wondering,
0: you're the director of special education, but clearly as we start talking about the Ames Center, this is a space that is – for so much more than that so i i feel like i need to say that as we go into this conversation because i really want our listeners to hear what it is that we're saying about the aim center and really the programming that's going to be in that space how did the needs of students directly inform the programming in this space. We know as a district, we're very student focused. And so as I began learning about the Aim Center, I really felt like we were guided by what the needs were of our students. Tell
1: us about that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there were really kind of a a few different things that collided at once. we had. I know you've done a podcast on our tap program, our transition alliance yes. program, and that yes. program has just really, really blossomed mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of years, in particular. And so, um, you know, that's that's one of the needs is that we have some kids who need a little bit of of a bridge work. You know, some sure. um, a space that's maybe a little more sheltered in between the space that's at the school. their sort of school based vocational learning, and then their community-based experiences. Um, And then they also, just with the growth, they need maybe bigger, more spaces, you know, access to different kinds of spaces over the summer in particular, things like that when we have different maintenance issues, not issues, but work happening in in buildings. And so that was one need was just the growth um, and the anticipated continued growth Mm -hmm. of our Transition Alliance program and how can we help support Um, that program, which is such an amazing program with some additional space and additional resources. And to be clear, we're not moving Transition Alliance program to the AIM Center. We're expanding um, just what's available to that program. And then we got um, in the 21-22 school year, we received a grant from the state for Mm -hmm. therapeutic classrooms Mm -hmm. and so we started with kind of refining our services at the elementary level for students with um, social emotional behavioral mental health kinds of concerns needs Um, and as we've engaged in that work we've recognized with that and some of the effects of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. other things like that that we do have a really small number of kids pretty much district-wide who just need a a different space from our comprehensive schools. Our comprehensive schools weren't designed, um, you know, for kids with specific social, emotional, behavioral, mental health kinds of needs. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to have a space where we could keep kids safe, that would be nurturing, and that would be um, conducive to providing students with the kinds of resources and skills and wraparound services and things like that so that they can be really successful both while they're off-site mm-hmm. in a therapeutic classroom, and when they return mm-hmm. to our comprehensive schools after they've built up some skills and strategies, so that was kind of another pocket. Um, and then our homeschool assistance program. So I had the opportunity last last year um, to sort of take over as the district administrator who mm-hmm. you know works with our homeschool yeah. assistance program. Now we are so blessed because we have. A phenomenal homeschool assistance program coordinator. We do. We do. She's fantastic um, and just a joy to work with. And in conversations with her, it just really kind of struck me. We have a big homeschool assistance program in we the state. We do. And, it, and it's big because it's fabulous. Yes. And I started thinking about, along with Kathy, like how can we bring – this programming more into our district so mm-hmm. they've historically rented out space in different in different places churches mm-hmm. and they have a lovely space right now I mean the church has been great for them um where they've been but it's not part of our school district yeah and so that was part of it was that these are our kids mm-hmm. these are our families these They're, are our staff members these are our staff members yep like the, this is our program yeah um and so you know wanting to have some space to, to bring mm-hmm. that pocket, that population closer yeah. to home here. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other huge need was professional development space or large group meeting space. So mm-hmm. we've had, we have a beautiful boardroom that works great when you have, you know, groups of yes. 50 or more or whatever. Um, yep. And it's in high demand. It is. And we have needs, more than one need at a time sometimes. And so having you know some flexible, larger space for mm-hmm. professional development was another kind of need yeah, that we had.
0: Yeah. And if you think about it, we have, um, I think it's just a little over 700 mm-hmm. employees. And think about a professional development day. If you're needing to get a large group of people together, which that might be on multiple levels, And if we're talking about one space that accommodates that, Mm -hmm. um, it can be really challenging. So I I know that's something that we've both faced is um, finding the space at times when we need it to be able to accommodate larger groups of people. And getting that professional development for our staff is so very important. Now, you talked about therapeutic classrooms. Mm -hmm. And I know this comes up a lot. We hear about it. It's a, a word that gets used. Or maybe you've heard your student even talk about therapeutic classrooms. But I think a lot of people don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. So
1: what is a therapeutic classroom? Yeah, and I think, I think that people don't know because it is, it, it's confusing. The, mm-hmm. the language even in our, in our code and our regulations is kind of, yep. um, mm, what's the word? It's confusing. <laughs> it's sort of circular. Yeah, it is. Um, so therapeutic classrooms are really, its therapeutic classrooms are services, mm-hmm. first and foremost. So that's the first thing that's really confusing, right? Is we call it a therapeutic classroom, but really it references services that can be provided in a variety of locations okay. by a variety of professionals mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Yep, And so the key around therapeutic classrooms is that we know that we have some students for whatever reason, whether it's a disability, um, a, a life event, a trauma, mm-hmm. um, you know, any number of things that, due to social, emotional, behavioral kinds of concerns, mm-hmm. um, which ultimately all sort of stem from, from mental health kinds of concerns, yeah. they're really struggling to be successful in the box that we've made. Yep, and so it's a way to offer some different kinds of services to really set kids up for success, mm-hmm. to equip them with the tools that they need, um, and to to bring together different service providers. So some of our community partners, you know, social workers, teachers, counselors, nurses, all that, to provide some comprehensive wraparound kinds of services. Mm-hmm. So, you know, generally speaking, therapeutic classroom in quotes i suppose could be you know anything from a in terms of a location a school counselor's office sure to you know what we're designing for the aim center which is really um, kind of a more complete and specially designed yeah. kind of picture
0: yeah yeah even if we think about it from the perspective as adults working mm-hmm. adults um, we're mm-hmm. successful in a variety of ways yep. And I think everybody, this can hit everybody. Um, You might be successful uh, working outdoors. Um, You might be someone who's more successful working at a computer. If you think about it, we're all sort of seeking out those spaces in which it best fits what our needs are. And if you think about it, the traditional classroom hasn't changed a lot in many 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 years and we're we're trying to fit these individuals with unique needs and perspectives into this box of what a classroom has been for years mm-hmm. and so i'm really excited about this space because it takes that concept of We all have different spaces where we're successful and different needs. And now we are creating a space that can really help and accommodate those kids that just need something different from that traditional classroom that we've seen all these years. Mm -hmm. Uh, You touched on this a little bit, but I want to get more in depth. How, How will the therapeutic classrooms be staffed?
1: Yeah, so um, at the elementary level, for the elementary therapeutic classroom, so the the plan is for there to be three therapeutic classrooms at the AIM Center, an elementary and then two secondary. The elementary will be staffed with a teacher who is certified in both um, general education, a, a generalist, an elementary sure. generalist, and special education, specifically um, learning disabilities and, and behavior disorders. Mm-hmm. Um for the secondary we will also for sure have special education teachers appropriately certified special education teachers we're still hammering out some of the details on the staffing for the secondary because it gets a lot more complicated yes. when you start earning credits yes uh, the licensure requirements for secondary teachers are just different mm-hmm. and then of course there's always the budget question of sure you know how do how do you pay for things so we're still kind of working working that out yeah But I think we are all committed definitely
0: to the success of this space and Mm -hmm. bringing it together holistically and providing those services that our kids need. So planning for this space, if we rewind a little bit, this started in spring of 2022. Mm -hmm. Where is the district at now and what is to come for the space? Let's talk about the future. When will it be fully
1: open?
0: Um, and providing all of those planned
1: services that we've talked about. Sure. Yeah, so we actually phase one, um, from a construction perspective, phase one is complete. So we have space ready and waiting for an elementary therapeutic classroom. We have some office space, some, some small conference space. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have staff yet, and so the, so the space is waiting Sure, there. But the construction, or really the demolition, has started mm-hmm. on the big, because that's just a very, very small piece of the property, and yep. it, it's a small part of the um, main building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so demolition has started on some of the the buildings that will be removed from the property. Yes. Um, and then, you know, they'll move into kind of the main building and... and Remodeling and that kind of thing. the the goal, and we've been on track with every with every you know uh, goal marker so far in terms of the the renovations, um, is for the building to be ready in August okay. when school starts in August. And so, the homeschool assistance program for sure will move in, you know, right away in August yep. um, and begin. Their programming sure. at that time. Um, we do have, we have some space for a community food pantry and some tangible resource uh, storage and access. And mm-hmm. the idea there is that we really tried to envision this space as a space that families can access, mm-hmm. um, you know, to choose there. We we have some pantries in school buildings right now. Mm-hmm. Families don't have a lot of direct access to those spaces so they sure are choosing yeah the things that that they need and want yeah. um and so that the space will be ready in august it may take us you know a few weeks to get things stocked and organized sure and, and all of that um the therapeutic classroom spaces again i anticipate will be ready the space will be ready in august We probably won't open those classrooms immediately because we have a referral process Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty extensive and involves, you know, some observations and some intake meetings and some different, you know, placement decisions and things like that. And that will take a few weeks, possibly even a month, a month and a half to to make sure that we're really making um, good decisions for, for kids and things like that. Transition Alliance program. They'll be able to use, like, you know, if they if they want to use the, the kitchen space, the industrial kitchen space there, or even some of the um, professional development event space mm-hmm. for different employer events or things like that, they'll be able to use that. It won't be, because August is kind of our deadline, they won't be able to use it this summer. Sure. Um, so they'll miss kind of that opportunity this summer. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I would say early fall. Good. Yeah, and and we seem to be on track, so. Good. And for people that aren't familiar
0: with the space, um, this was existing space that the district purchased, and there's maybe five separate buildings Mm -hmm. within Mm -hmm. that space, which um, you had mentioned. Some of those will be demolished, um, so just – you may not be completely familiar with the space, but – not using necessarily all of the spaces that are within there, just what is um, best serving the needs of our students in our district. Um, And that involves a little bit of renovating as well to give us what we need. Um, So we we talked a little bit about staffing, but is that going to Look any different from the family perspective and what they typically see in our buildings. I think, as a as a parent, we're both parents. Mm-hmm. We have kids in the district. Um, I think it's scary. You know, there's not a manual that comes with being a parent. Um, And so navigating an education system, whether it's your first time or your fourth time, it can be scary because each of your kids are different and they're all individuals. Um, I think for some people, it might be difficult for them to envision, what does this look like for my child if I have to um, seek out the services that are best for them? And that might be the AIM Center. What will that look like for families compared to um, what they see? in maybe a typical classroom or a traditional sure. classroom?
1: Yeah, So, and I think that it depends on kind of the programming that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, I think that for homeschool assistance, for example, um, the experience for, for our homeschool families who participate in our homeschool assistance program might actually be that they have the opportunity when they, when they come to this space yeah. at the Ames Center um, to, to actually see examples of their students' work displayed, the things that they've they've been working on in yeah. their enrichment classes, because that's one of the challenges to renting space that's mm. primarily someone else's space is that you really have to kind of put your stuff away.
0: That's true.
1: Um, and so that would be a, diff- you know, that's an example of something that might be different for that program. Um, like I said, you know, for students... Our families who are experiencing some food insecurity or things like that Mm -hmm. you know transitional housing or or just need some support with some of those basic like i said they'll they'll be able to directly access Mm -hmm. um and and have a little more decision making authority in that process Mm -hmm. you know of, of selecting what they want for families of students who are receiving therapeutic classroom services um, I anticipate that just based on the plan that we have fleshed out, that families will be a lot more involved mm-hmm. than they are maybe in our comprehensive schools. Sure. Um, we have some pretty clear um, guidelines developed on how frequently families will meet with um, service providers, mm-hmm. teachers, um, mm-hmm. you know, even our educational assistants, our, um, you know, uh, student family advocates. Sorry, I lost the word there. Yep. But, you know, that they'll be, I suspect, meeting more regularly or having more regular interaction and communication yeah. and probably more um, sort of coordination yeah. of services, of home and school and community services, because that's really a lot of what this is about mm-hmm. is that we know – that students who are placed at the AIMS Center in a therapeutic classroom are students with the most intense needs. Mm-hmm. And so from in this um, realm, so most intense social-emotional behavior, mental health needs. Sure. And so that really does warrant being really intentional about, um, you know, just just coordinating those yeah. different services making yeah. sure that everyone's on the same page yep. about – um, how we're really setting kids up for success.
0: Yeah, and I know that's a hard question
1: to answer. Yes. I, I kind of gave you a, a hard one there <laughs> right.
0: because, as we mentioned before, no two kids are the same and their needs are not the same. Sure. So it could look different uh, based on each kid that comes through the space. So um, I wanted to recognize I gave you a little bit of a, <laughs> a hard question to answer there because it really will um be dependent on the student. And I think that is what makes me so excited about the space Mm -hmm. is the fact that we are really able um, to work with these families to give them the best chance of success for their student and know that that might take um, some unique solutions. It might take additional... um, resources but we're going to have that opportunity Mm -hmm. to do that and we have had that opportunity it's just kind of having it in that one um, complete space Mm -hmm. based on whatever those students needs are that's really exciting Mm -hmm. you mentioned this before and, and we've talked about students but I think it's important to make sure that our listeners understand how students are going to be placed at this location and what parents can sure. expect. Um, Yet, you, know, you mentioned there's a process mm-hmm. that um, will be followed and that it will take some time. It's not something that just you know happens um, in a really quick manner. Um, so, I want to set up some really realistic expectations for what people can expect when it comes to the AIM Center.
1: Yeah, so for, I'm assuming you're asking about therapeutic classrooms. Yes, I'm sorry, no, I didn't okay. specifically
0: say therapeutic yep, classrooms. Okay.
1: So um, yeah, for therapeutic classrooms, we do have um, a pretty well fleshed out sort of, I guess it's a flow chart, but yeah. you know, just sort of the decision making criteria and the steps that we wanna have in place. And so, you know, like, A lot of specialized kinds of services that we provide like special education services is one example um you know we we start with sort of our general mtss Uh process and um we intensify things as our data tell us Mm -hmm. that students need more intense um services supports instruction that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so this is really another layer of intensifying the instruction and services and support that students will get, and so um, it starts at the school level, just really within that MTSS process mm-hmm. that's at the school level. And in different schools within our system, call the teams that come together different things. So sure, kind of trying to avoid, yeah, <laughs> you know, naming it. Yep. Um, but there are teams that come together and look at student data and mm-hmm. and discuss and make decisions and. Um, so there's a referral process okay. for. There's actually a referral process for all of our therapeutic um, classroom services. So we have a continuum of services that really ranges from, um, you know, in the completely in the general education setting, there's no removal or anything like that. But the, but a student is just getting something a little extra. Yeah. Um, to you know a special classroom within. The existing school that the student maybe goes to for some part of the day mm-hmm. um, to receive some kind of specialized services so we have a referral process in place that was part of the one of the requirements of our grant application was that we really clearly sure. spell out and actually it's part of the the regulation mm-hmm. around therapeutic classrooms um, and so the the building principle typically mm-hmm. um, it could be someone else, but typically it would be the building principal would complete the referral form and provide the supporting documentation. And then we have an interdisciplinary team okay. at the district level that kind of reviews those yep. um, referral referrals mm-hmm. and then makes a decision based on, well, sort of the flowchart and what the students' needs are and sure. what the data are yep. showing and yep. then what space are available and, and that kind of thing. Um we do, you know, in part of one of the things that's kind of an additional layer mm-hmm. for the AIM Center for offsite therapeutic classrooms is um, an observation kind of component, sure, um, just to make sure that that we have a really clear picture as part of that referral process of what the students' needs are, of what's in place already in the schools, mm-hmm. and. Um, To what extent it really makes sense to change a student's placement. Sure.
0: Sure. So as we close this out, I feel like we probably should have you back when the AIM Center (laughs) opens. Um, Just because, I mean we're talking about it now and everything we're saying is exactly what the space is going to be. But I think, you know, as it opens up and we're in the space and we're settling, um, there's even more great things that we can tell about the programming going on in the space. But as we close this out, what's the number one thing that you want our
1: listeners to take away from this episode? Yeah, I'll say, well, I will say too, I mean, I agree with you. I think kind of the vision from the very beginning like when we first started having conversations and planning for the space was thinking about flexible ways mm-hmm. that we can respond to the needs of our students in our community. Um, and so I, I think that – I anticipate that things will be different once the AIM Center opens in the fall and, and will change again yep. over time as we become aware of new needs and exactly um, problem-solve and creatively problem-solve. But I think that the one thing – a major thing that i would love for people to be able to take from this is that this this has been designed as a space to pull people in mm-hmm. not push people out. Mm. And so we really have tried to be very intentional in thinking about programming and yep. even even the design of the space but that this is a space for pulling people into our district. Yep.
0: That's. Yeah. I love how you said that because it's it's an exciting opportunity. Um when I first joined this team, it was something that was being talked about and as I start to see the vision come together, it's really exciting. And it's exciting from the perspective of knowing that we're offering a service Um, And expanding services and already really successful programs. You talked about TAP. Mm -hmm. That program has grown exponentially um, just in the last couple of years. And so it is really exciting to feel as though we are meeting students where they're at Mm -hmm. instead of expecting them to adjust to what it is that we can offer to them. Mm-hmm. So that we're, we're pulling you in, but providing you with a space where you can be successful. Mm-hmm. And from the TAP perspective or homeschool, we're just going to even enhance mm-hmm. that way that you're already successful. Um, it's it's a super exciting opportunity, mm-hmm. and I can't wait for our community to get to experience the AIM Center.
1: Me too.
0: <laughs> well, Dini, thanks for joining us today on the yep. Amazing Education Podcast. And again, maybe we'll have you back in maybe next spring, let's say, um, after the space is open we've had time to settle into it and we can have a whole other conversation about the AIM Center. Sounds great.